Come on, round of applause for our worship team. Can we just show some honor and love? And I love it. We're blessed, aren't we? We are blessed. Hey, uh, today we wrap this series up, and I'm gonna lock and load. We gotta go. Man, preacher's long-winded. We gotta, we, today we're wrapping up this series entitled Holy Mess, and, and for the last few weeks, we've been, been talking about this idea of holiness, and this thing called holiness is God's desire for every one of us listening in this room today. God desires that all of us be holy, just as he is holy. He wants all of us to pursue this thing called holiness. Holiness means, um, it doesn't mean perfection. You need to know that. Aren't you thankful? Because none of us will, would ever attain perfection. You know that, right? You, you can. And so it, it's, it's not about perfection. But when we look at holiness in, in, in Scripture, it, it's this idea of being separate. It's, it's, it's to cut off ourselves from things that are unholy. Okay, and we, we, we separate ourselves from them and we begin to pursue the things that God has called us to pursue, things that are holy and righteous, right living. And it's not just about being morally upright people, but, but, but it's really, it, it, it's allowing the spirit of, of God to consume everything I am. And, and, and when the spirit of God totally takes over a person's life, they live differently. Now listen, it's difficult in the culture in which we live in because there are so many things of God present around us. Even, even today, you probably have, have rubbed shoulders or come in contact with something that, that the enemy has thrown across our path or has, 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 has populated in our culture to try to cause us to lose focus, to, 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 to lose sight of this holiness thought that we're called to. We're called to be holy, but we've made a mess of it, haven't we? Because as we look around our culture, sometimes it's difficult to find those that are called to be holy, that are, that are separate. The, the, as scriptures calls us, the hagios, the saints, hagios. It's hard to find them so many times. We just have kind of, have kind of blended in. And, and for, 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 for some of us, we're just afraid to stand out. We, we don't want to be different. We don't want to be labeled this, that, or whatever. But it's just difficult. And, and, and because we've just kind of blended in so much, it, it's hard for unbelievers to get an accurate view, an accurate picture of, of what a life in Christ is all about. And uh, for some of us, the ideas of holiness conjure up old revival meetings and preachers preaching hard and sweating and making us feel worthless and insignificant and that there is never any hope that we could ever live this. I just want you to know, and I hope that you'll listen today as we, as we move forward and wrap this up, but, but, but God understands that, that we still make mistakes and we fumble and we fall and there's something that we're going to talk about today called grace that's available. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. But how can we live the life that God had in mind for us when he created us? How, how can we live that in a culture that just seems to be so unholy? It's difficult. And if we're not, I find myself sometimes you know, just, just diving into the culture and per, still participating in and thinking some thoughts that I know, I know are not of, of God. And, and I have to be careful and, and come back to it. But, but, but I, I love the idea today. And I want to give you hope that we can pursue holiness and we, we can live the life that Jesus says that I've come to give you. Life that is abundant and free. Life to, to the max. Life I've come, he said in John 10, 10, to give you life. And I'm tired of the enemy stealing and killing and destroying us, aren't you? 
And so how can we move forward and live the life that we've been created to live? I, I love the imagery in the Old Testament of, of the Ark of the Covenant. And if you remember anything about the Ark of the Covenant, or if you remember the very first Indiana Jones movie that you watched, remember? Um, you, you remember the Ark of the Covenant was, was this this, this structure that Moses, God commanded Moses to build, and, and, and the ark was symbolic of, of the very presence of God with the people. Are you with me there? We know that inside the ark, that, that, that's where the, 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 the Ten Commandments were kept. We know that, the, that Aaron's rod was there. We know that there was a, a bowl that was filled with, with manna. There, there was symbolic, but, but the idea of the Ark of the Covenant was that wherever the ark went, and it went with his people Israel, that that was symbolic that the very presence of God was with them. Um, but it was a, a physical structure. What? I want you to know that when I look around this room today, I see some arcs in this room. Be, be, because those of us that have, have said yes to Jesus Christ, we've, we've said, Father, I'm a sinner and I need you to forgive me my sins and I give my life to you, Jesus. You know, at that very moment of salvation, and for me, it was around the age of nine years old. I was a, I was a third grader. I said yes to Jesus. And at that moment, check this out. I became a carrier of the presence of God. He planted and he deposited his spirit within me. And I look around this room today and, and I have great hopes for, for holiness being, being carried in our culture today because I see temples of God in this room. You know, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we read that very thing about that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. It says, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. You see, there's something that we need to understand today as believers in Christ that have said, yes, given ourselves to him, Jesus, people, Christians, we possess the very spirit of God within us. We carry his presence. And if there's any reason why I believe we should be called to pursue holiness and live this life of holiness, it's not because we've done an incredible job over the last four weeks teaching about pursuing holiness. Don't pursue holiness because, because you feel like it's going to make your pastor happy. You, you, you don't pursue holiness because you want to wow and impress your family or your neighbors or your boss. You, you, you don't pursue holiness so that your name can be placed in lights or make the front page of the, of the Bernie star. We, we pursue holiness because we remember all that Jesus has done for us. And it's not that we have to, but we want to live for him. I possess the very presence of God in me. I'm an ark. I'm a temple. I, I carry his presence with me. And I love it. I pursue holiness not out of obligation. It's not a have to, but it's a want to for me. Is that for you? This is just my declaration. I don't know where you're at, but I want to live for him. When, when I consider all that Jesus has done for me, and I'm telling you, man, 
whoo, he's done a great thing for me. And he's been so patient and so kind. And I'm so thankful that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I'm so thankful for mercy and grace. And, and I'm so thankful that he's there with me whenever I feel alone, when I don't feel like I can make it another, when I'm just spent and worn out, when I'm confused and don't know which direction to go. Oh yeah, I still battle those same things. I'm so thankful that he's there and he's not left me and he's still there forgiving me. And he said, come on, Jason, let's get up, kid. Let's go. I've got so much more, but I want to live for him. I possess his presence. I want to bring glory and honor to his name. When people look at me, I want them. And I pray this for you too. I want to show them a little bit clearer picture as to who God is. Am I talking to anybody? You're bored yet? I'm thankful for his grace and his mercy. Aren't you thankful for, we, we, um, not Isaac Newton, John Newton. John Newton would call it amazing grace. How many of you know that song? You nod your head. Some of you know that song. We, 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 aren't you thankful for the grace of God? And it truly is amazing when you think about it. And listen, this idea of holiness, listen, it's not something that you can do for yourself. You can't make yourself holy. Jesus does that. Jesus at work in a person does that. And this thing called grace, listen, it's amazing because it's something that we don't deserve. It's, it's something that we can't give ourselves. And it saves us. I made a statement last week and I wanted to kind of circle back around with it today as well because a lot of us think that man, I can continue to live like the devil because there's something called grace that God's gonna give me, right? And, and for some of us, we see this idea of, of, of just, it's, it, grace is a blank check. We can go live like the devil and then we can just say, Father, forgive me and he's gonna forgive me. Listen, it doesn't, you've gotta truly repent of your wickedness and your sinful living in order for this to really make it amazing. You see what I'm saying? And just because God is an amazing grace giver, it doesn't give me the, the right to just to continue to, to, to live like the devil. In fact, here's the thing about this grace. When someone truly has received the grace of God, there will be a noticeable difference in their life. They will be different. Grace is not some passive, powerless thing. It, it, it is at work in a person when they truly receive it, and it is constantly changing and transforming them. Listen, I want to live for Jesus, and I want to pursue holiness because Ephesians 2 8 reminds me, it is God that has saved me when I believe. And I'm not gonna take credit for this. It's a gift from God. But listen, you ought to be changed if you've been the recipient of the amazing grace of God. Is your speech different, Christian? Do the actions you live, the lifestyle, you is it different? Um, do you love people differently as a recipient of this amazing grace? that found you, you once were lost, but now you've been found. Listen, and all of us are right. As Newton says when he wrote that song, we were a wretch, but yet the grace of God found us. Aren't you thankful for that? But do you love differently? Has grace truly changed you? Or are you saying, man, I just know that it's there. God's gonna give it and I can just live off the rails if I want to. Mm -mm. Grace truly changes a person. It should. 
It's a saving grace that, that once it's received, it leaves the recipients of that grace changed. Look what it says in the book of Titus chapter two. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world. Yes, and Paul would even say we are to be in the world, but not of it. We, we, We should live in this world, evil world with what? With wisdom, with righteousness and devotion to God. And God's spirit is at work within us. I carry his presence. I am an ark. First Corinthians six says that I am a temple. And Philippians two would say, God is working in you and he's giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So I'm gonna go back to a question that we've asked each week. How are you different as a result of Jesus in your life? Are you? Are you living differently? Why? 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 Why should we live differently? I, I don't know what it is for you, but can I just tell you for me, I'm gonna remember that, that I've been saved. And, and, and you, 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 you know what the greatest miracle that, that we can ever experience is? Is someone who, who, who was blinded or lost that now can receive sight and they've been set free. That's the greatest miracle of God is for some, you know, it, it, it's been funny for me this week um, um, to, to see a, uh, several different things over social media. I, as many of you are heartbroken over the, the Beth Moore, John MacArthur mess that was going on there. And, and, and listen, I, I just wanna, let me just say, I, I'm thankful for how God works through women. And, and in fact, I want you to know that, that, that uh, God used women in my spiritual journey they were Sunday school leaders and teachers. My mom was one who really took the time to answer questions for me. I've been led. I, I remember taking a group of college students to something called One Day years ago, and 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 that was my first introduction to to Beth Moore. And I'm telling you, she preached it down and rained it down, and and uh, her gender had no effect on me. I just saw someone that was anointed with the Spirit of God and was a mouthpiece that He was using. Amen. And so. And, and then the, the other banter this week about Kanye and his new album, Jesus is King. And I don't know where you fall at if you're a Conway fan or Conway, Conway Twitty. Conway Twitty, anybody? Any? <laughs> okay, I've been talking about grace and you didn't clap or say anything, but Conway Twitty, yeah, preach it. What is wrong with y'all? Kanye and our worship team are some of his best customers when it comes to shoes and all of that. But anyway, that's a different story. But Kanye's taking a rap, you know, man, is he really legit? You know, is he really changed? Or is this a marketing thing or just another selling of an album? I don't care. I don't know. But I just love that this week, Jesus being king has gotten a lot of airplay. And, and it's, it's really sad because in both of these scenarios today, it's, it's Christians that are throwing the most stones at each other. And and, and, and hurting one another. It reminds me of somebody, this is just a, this is bonus time. It, it reminds me of another person in scripture, Saul. When Saul became changed and, 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 and went to Paul, there were even people that didn't believe his transformation was legit either, right? 
So listen, I'm not here to judge, just as I'm not gonna judge where you're at or not. And it's so easy, isn't it? Because we see how we do this or that or blah, blah. And it, we need to be very careful. I just know I'm called to love you and, and we're gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna make mistakes. Will you still love me? That's our role. And so whoever God wants to use to speak truth, so be it. I want to receive, I want to hear from you, Lord. If, you, if, if, if you're going to talk through a donkey, do it. If it's through Conway Twitty, <laughs> be difficult because he's gone now on earth. But, but it doesn't matter. I just know that, I just know that all of us uh, once were far off and the grace of God reached us and changed us. So Listen, I'm gonna pursue this thing holiness because I wanna remember that I've been saved. I've been saved. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse seven, anyone who belongs to Christ, it says, has become a new person. <laughs> anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Can I just share something with you today? It doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. And for some of you, you need, yeah, thank you. Um, not as great as Conway Twitty, but that's okay. Uh, it's, it's not who you are currently or who you used to be, but, but it's, it's, it's what Jesus can come into your life and do. He brings new life to a person. He brings transformation. He brings the change. And, and when I sit and remember all that he's done for me, that is reason enough for me. God, thank you for saving a wretch like me. I love how it says in Colossians 1, he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hey, Christian, listen, if you've been made new, if there's been this miracle work of God in your life, you, you've been transferred from the dark world into the kingdom. You know what that means? You should think differently. You should act differently. You should, should use different words and speech. The way you respond to people in times of need or difficulties or the love you disperse. Guys, it ought to be different. You're no longer in the kingdom of darkness. You've received the amazing grace of God and you've been transferred into his wonderful kingdom of light. We should be different. It's okay to stand out. It's okay for us to pursue holiness. When you think about all that Christ has done for us, we've been saved. And I have purpose here on life that I didn't have purpose here on life, purpose here on earth, purpose of life here on earth. This is hard, guys. It really is. It's the lights and ugh, people looking at me. It's just real... <laughs> But I have a new purpose and a calling. There's a new mission, and you do too if you've said yes to Jesus. You've been saved. Pursue holiness. And, and let me just remind you, as I said earlier, you have the power to pursue holiness because you have the dunamis in you. What is dunamis? Somebody said, that's not a real word. Well, not in the English language, but it's from, from the, the, the Greek that says the power. We get our word dynamite from it. Do you understand that, again, we're ark carriers. We are, we are walking tabernacles or temples of the presence of God, and we have his spirit within us. Peter would say it this way in, in 2 Peter chapter. One verse three, he says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God has given us what? Everything we need, everything we need to live this godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him. 
the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Listen, you have everything you need to live this life of holiness that God has called us to live. You have it. You have the dunamis. You have the power. What kind of power? Well, in Romans chapter eight, it tells us it's the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. That's the spirit that now lives in you. That's why we can confidently stand up here and say, Jesus changes everything. That's why I can stand here with confidence today and say, listen, in a world that is so evil, we can pursue holiness. We can live differently. We can live set apart. Why? Because Romans 6 says, the power, says that the power that raised Christ from the dead now lives within me. It's there. We have it. You possess it. So no more excuses. You have the power to break the curse of pornography in your life. You have the power, it's in you. Now to what level you let it work, that's up to you, but you have it. You, you have, you have the, the, the power to break any other addiction you might have. You're, you, you've been set free from the bondage of whatever the enemy's used in your life for far too long. Christ can break those chains and set you free. Listen, you are no longer that. You're new. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a saint. You're an heir to the throne. You're the hagios. You've been sanctified. Come on, somebody. Thank you. That's not quite Conway Twitty, but that's okay. You have the power. It's in you. You carry its presence. Will you just let him consume you and have his way? Romans 6 says, Paul asks a question, but then he answers it. I love that. Helps a guy like me. Should we keep on sinning so that God could show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Paul says, of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it. Here's how I wanna wrap this up as the band comes out to lead us today and we wrap it up. Listen, we should live differently. We've made a mess out of holiness, but all of that can change and we can just purpose in our lives today to let this dunamis that has come into our lives once we've been saved, to let him consume and burn away. We sing songs about burning away things. We sing songs about thou art the potter and I'm the clay. It's that imagery of chipping away things in our lives that are not of God. That's what needs to happen. Listen, it's time for us to stop bearing rotten fruit. And it's time for us to bear good fruit. It's time for us to let holiness well up within us and put it on display. Matthew 5 calls us salt and light. Jesus says you are a city set on a hill. It's time for us to put him on display. It's time for us to be set apart. It's time for us to separate ourselves from things that are not of him. Come on, somebody, and to live differently. It's time to stop bearing rotten fruit and to produce good fruit. Jesus says in John 15, when you produce good fruit or much fruit, then you are truly my disciples, and that brings great glory to my Father. Would you stand with me today? Guys, let's live differently. Let's pursue holiness. It can be done. God calls you to be holy as he is holy. Doesn't mean perfection. That's why we are recipients of this amazing grace of God. But will we choose today to build our life? Will we choose today? Go ahead, Chacha, don't be scared. Don't be ashamed of that. Will we build our life on the word of God? Will we be set apart? Will we keep our focus on him today? Will we let him lead us? Will we let his spirit well up within us? Will we choose to be different? 
Will we clean up the mess we've made and pursue holiness? I will build my life 